Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Dearly Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. We thank you for, Lord, the opportunity we have, Lord, to be in your house. God, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, God, who guides us, Lord, who directs us, who gives us strength, Lord, when we don't have any. Lord, we lift this day up to you as we open your word, Lord. May we discover your truths in your name. Amen. There was a 61-year-old Australian farmer by the name of Cliff Young. Now, Cliff got the idea that he was going to run a race. The thing was, was Cliff wasn't a runner. He didn't train. He wasn't out there doing marathons and all of those things. He was simply a farmer. So you can imagine, you, you think, well, what kind of race was he going to run? Was he going to run a 5K or was he going to start with maybe a, a one-mile walk? Something that, uh, that would make sense. But for Cliff, he had a little more aspirations. He decided that he was going to run one of the most grueling races on earth. Uh, there was a, a race that was going from Sydney, Australia to Melbourne, Australia. It was 544 miles. Talk about setting the bar high for your first race. So Cliff goes and, and he goes to enter the race and, and he comes and he's just dressed in his, in his farm attire. Now there were world-class runners there. There were guys and they had their Nike gear on and all of their running gear on. And then there was Cliff. And you can imagine what people did. They probably did the same thing. They probably kind of laughed and chuckled and thought, what's this guy doing? So the race began, and off goes Cliff. And about 18 hours into the race, the professional runners were going to take about six hours to sleep that night to recover. But Cliff just kept going. Now, at this time, Cliff, who didn't really run, he more uh, shuffled than anything. He was far behind in the race, but as he decided that he was going to only sleep an hour or two a night, he, he caught up and he passed them. And, and this went on for a couple days. By the end of the race, the 61-year-old Australian farmer crossed the finish line of this 544-mile race. He was 10 hours ahead of the second-place runner. Not only that, he set the world record in this event. A simple farmer from Australia. Today we're going to talk about a distance race that you and I are in. Did you realize as believers, we're all running a race today. We're all in a spiritual race each and every day. It's not a sprint, but it really is an ultra marathon. And when you think about that, when you think what is a, what is a spiritual race, what does that mean? Well, I, I think one definition could be a spiritual race is the journey from when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior to when we enter eternity. It is how we affect the lives of those we meet for the kingdom of God. And it's the example we leave along the path of life we run. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul gives us insight into this race that we're running. And he compares it to a race that was going on at the time there in Corinth. In verse 24 he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, 
But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so I fight, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, Paul was referring to something called the Ishmian Games, which took place there in Corinth. And it was very similar to the Olympics, but it, it was held in, in various off years of the Olympics. It wasn't as large as the Olympics at that time, but everybody would have understood in Corinth what these games represented and meant because everybody competed in one way or another. And what Paul tells us here is he says that in these games that would take place in Corinth, he said everyone competes but only one wins. And what they win is a wreath or if they're really uh, accomplished in these games, they would w w uh, maybe have a statue made in their honor. There would be some uh, financial, some monetary gain that they would get. But everything that they would get was things that would go away. There are things that were corruptible. There are things that would fade away. So one would win and they would win a prize that eventually would just fade away. But Paul says in the race that you and I are in as believers, we run to obtain something that will never corrupt, will never perish, will never go away. And not only one wins, but as believers in Christ, we all win. We all win the race. As believers in Christ, we all obtain the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. Now he also tells us uh, throughout the New Testament that there's other heavenly rewards that we can obtain. And these rewards of heaven also never perish. There's five crowns the Bible tells us that we as believers can obtain through a exceptional Christian life. Uh, the incorruptible crown, crown of faithfulness and self-control. The crown of rejoicing, uh, uh, faithfulness in service. The crown of righteousness, faithfulness in our testimony. The, the crown of glory, faithfulness in tending those entrusted to you. The crown of life, faithfulness in temptation. So Paul takes this example of a race. And he shows us certain things that we need to do in order to be successful in the spiritual race that we're running today. What does Paul teach us? Well, the first thing Paul teaches us in verse 24, it says that the, the spiritual race takes determination. And if we look at verse 24, the, in the NLT, it says, remember that in the race, everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize. You must run in such a way that you will win. It takes determination when you're running a race. Now, the goal that we have, we don't run to obtain salvation. We've obtained that as a believer through our faith in Jesus Christ. We run to attain the rewards of an exceptional Christian life. Now, so many times you run into people, and they really believe, and, and it's something I, I believe that's probably one of the more uh, believed ideas out there, that in order to get to heaven, you got to really, you got to do good things. You got to do good works, and that'll get you to heaven. Now, it's true as believers, we should be inclined to want to do good things. But that theory doesn't hold much water. Because the truth of the matter is, is if our salvation depended on what we did, we would fall very short. 
And not only that, but it really tells us that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't good enough. We have to do some more things in order to gain our salvation. But we know as believers, and the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. That what Jesus did on the cross far exceeded anything we could ever do. That what Jesus did on the cross was all we need for salvation. Was all we need for heaven. And all the works that we do, they're not, they're not to obtain salvation, but all those works that we do are to further the kingdom of God. All those works that we do are to be an example for Jesus Christ to the ones around us. And how important that is to have determination in our life to say, I'm going to run the race in such a way that the people around me see the love of Jesus Christ. The people around me see Christ in me. To run the race with determination. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us this. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. You see, it's God's grace that we're saved. God had grace that he gave to us. That through our faith in Jesus Christ, that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Our salvation is a gift. It's the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And there it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Truly our salvation is the gift of God. This race we're running is not a race to obtain salvation. This race we're running is a race to further the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So understand truly what, what are we running for today? We must have determination. Now determination is really hard to maintain. If you're a runner, and, and I've been a runner all my life, uh, since, uh, since high school, it's sometimes really hard. It takes determination. Especially sometimes when you're running alone. That really takes a lot of determination. It takes determination when you run a race. And sometimes you're going to get so tired. And sometimes you're going to say, oh, I just want to stop. I just want to quit. But in the times that you're the most tired, in the times when you have no strength, just like the prophet Isaiah, he penned those words in Isaiah 40, 31. In, in the time in his life when he, he felt like he had no strength, he said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Even in the most challenging times, keep that determination in the race that you run. Keep that eye on the prize. Because even when you feel like you don't have enough, that there's nothing left, God can give you strength. God can keep you going. We must also understand that the, the race we run is our race. We're not running someone else's race. Our Christian paths can be very different. And, and never criticize someone who might be on a different path than you are. But that path is something that's been ordained of God. That path of something is, is God's will for their life. And, and many times as Christians, we can be, uh, the, the worst enemies of Christians sometimes can be other Christians. And we look and we criticize someone for the path that they're on or maybe the, the ministry that God's laid upon their heart. But the truth of the matter is, is we all run a different path in life. God takes us down different areas of life because there's different people that you're going to reach than I'm going to reach. There's different areas of ministry that you need to be in and there's other areas of ministry that someone else needs to be in. You see, it's not a carbon copy. We're all not doing the exact same thing. To reach a world and to reach a lost world, it takes a lot of different paths. 
But the thing is, we're all going to the same destination. We're all going to the same place. We just get there a little bit differently. How did that 61-year-old runner, you might be asking this question, how in the world did that guy with no running experience end up doing what he did? That, that when, I, when I read that story, that was the first thing I thought. I thought, how is this guy able to do this? Well, the truth of the matter is a little background was that he was a, uh, a farmer all of his life. Now, if you grew up on a farm or if you've worked on a farm, you know that if you want to get in shape, go work on a farm. You'll be in the greatest shape in the world. You don't need P90X or anything else. You, you will be in better shape than anybody. And so Cliff Young, he, he worked on a farm all his life. And it was, an it was a huge farm, thousands of acres. And it had sheep and cattle and different things. And all his life, he would go out and he would have to herd all the cattle, bring all the sheep in who had been out there for some time. And they had scattered all over the place. And so sometimes he would be out there and he'd be running around all day getting sheep, getting cattle. And sometimes that would even turn into the night to where he was still running, collecting all the sheep and all the cattle. And sometimes this would go on for days. So you see, Cliff did train. He trained a little bit different than some of the other runners. He was on a little bit different path than some of the other professional runners. But at the end of the day, he might have had a unique way of training, but he trained. And how he trained was very effective in the race. Your paths may be different, but it all leads to the same destination. And you know the great thing about it is, just like that, that farmer, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a professional at, at, at what you're, you're doing. You simply have to be willing. You know, God used willing people throughout the Bible. God didn't always use the person that was the most intellectual. God didn't use the person who was the most gifted. James and John and Peter were fishermen. God used fishermen in the Bible. Matthew was a tax collector. I hated at that time. I hated profession. God used Matthew, the tax collector. Oh, David was the shepherd. Remember David, the shepherd who became king. You see, God used all types of different people from all types of different backgrounds and all types of different trainings. And they were on different paths in their lives. But they accomplished what God had them to do because they were willing to do the will of God. The race you run and God has for you is not someone else's race, but it's your race. Run it with excellence. Run it to further God's kingdom and run it with determination. Paul also tells us that in running this race, you need discipline in our spiritual race. He tells us that in verse 25, he says, all athletes practice strict self-control. In verse 27, it says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. So Paul tells us we, we have to have discipline when we run the Christian race. Now, discipline is hard to do. You know it's hard to do. I know it's hard to do. How's that diet from New Year's going? That New Year's resolution to lose 15 pounds. Like I said, discipline is hard, isn't it? It's really tough. It's something that takes accountability. It takes a, a mindset that I, I'm going to have to do this even though I don't like it. That's discipline. Proverbs 12.1 tells us, Whoso loveth instruction or, or discipline loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. 
discipline is hard work. Uh, we must discipline ourselves to do several things in this spiritual race. The first thing we must discipline ourselves to do is, is not to burn out along the way. Years ago when I coached track, I had a runner, and his name was Bradley. And Bradley was a great athlete. He was a great basketball player. And he came out to run track. He never ran before. And Bradley was a two and 400 meter runner. Now, if you know anything about the 400, it's a very challenging race. I, I was blessed to have two individuals who held the world record in the 400 meter that uh, one of them was my coach, uh, Glenn Jeep Davis, another one that I knew that would come down uh, that would work with us as, as well. And it's a tough race. And the key to the 400 meter is, is that you have to come out strong. That, that first 200 meter time is critical. That, that first 300 meter time is also critical. But you've got to pace yourself in the way where you're coming out strong, but you're not coming out full bore. Well, Bradley couldn't quite get this. He kept telling me, oh, coach, I can, I can do this. I can come out. I can sprint this whole thing. I'm like, well, Bradley, you would be the first. Said so you got to come out strong. You got to put yourself in good position, but you can't come out full bore. And, and he said, "You know what, coach? What I envision is is I envision that there's a pack of wolves chasing me, and when that gun goes off, they're not going to catch me." And so his first 400 meter race, the gun goes off, and Bradley takes off, and he's looking like an Olympic champion that first 100 meter. And he's coming down that straightaway, and he's leading the race. Beautiful stride. And I'm standing next to uh, one of our other coaches, and I said to him, "I said it's coming." He says, I know. I said, it's coming. And about the 200 meter mark, somebody must have built an invisible wall. Because Bradley hit something. I don't know what he hit, but he hit something. And that beautiful form, it just went out the window. And his arms started flailing and his legs going everywhere. Coming down that last straightaway, I thought, I thought Bradley was going to die on us. And he came across the finish line and as he's laying on the ground, I went up to him and I said, Bradley, I said, you know those wolves that were chasing you? He said, yeah, coach. I said, they got you. <laughs> they got you, Bradley. You know, even in our Christian walk sometimes, and so many times when a person becomes a new Christian, this happens. They're on fire, and they want to do everything, and, and they burn themselves out. We have to be careful in this race to understand that we're running an ultra marathon, that we need time to rest. We need time to rest in Christ. You know, Jesus in his ministry, if you look throughout Scripture, Jesus would rest at critical times. We need to rest. We need to rest on Christ. This idea of recovery is so important. I, I know when I was younger, I'd run six days a week, and I would think, recovery? I don't need recovery. Now I run one day, and I'm like, I need two days to recover. It takes a longer time. But what they found was, and it's very interesting, they found that recovery is just as important as the workout. Because if you're not allowing your body to recover, it can lead to a lot of things. It can lead to injury. It can lead to a lot of different things. And the same thing's true in our spiritual life when we're running ourselves into the ground and we're not giving ourselves time to rest in Jesus Christ. It can lead to us getting hurt in one way or another. Discipline is also making sure that we're keeping a full tank of gas. You know, if you if you ever seen NASCAR or Indy cars, they're they're designed. It's amazing the engines and the things that they put in these cars, and they're designed to be uh, the fastest cars on the track. But if you didn't put any fuel in them, they're not going anywhere. Same thing's true with us in our lives. You can have everything you need to succeed. But if you're not filling your race with fuel, if you're not fueling your race, then 
you're not going to be able to run effectively. The Bible tells us that the way we, we get to spiritual fuel is, is taking time with God. It's worshiping like we are doing today. It's taking time to rest in Christ. It's taking time to study his word. It's taking time to be renewed. And I want to encourage you today. You got to feed yourself. When you're in a race, you got to keep putting in because you're constantly giving out. Keep putting in that fuel of God's word. Keep putting in that fuel so that you can be the most effective Christian that you can be. Disciplining ourselves also means to keep going in the bad times. You know, one of the hardest parts about a race can be the hills, can be those obstacles and challenges. I, I remember I ran the Akron Marathon probably about eight years ago. And, uh, and if you remember the old course, and I know, I know some of you do, Ed, Ed remembers that. Uh, some of you remember that old course when you're about halfway through the race, you're, you're going through CN Run, and then you got to come out of the valley. And I think it was like 2.8 miles of just a steady climb out of the valley. And you're halfway into this 26.2-mile race. And then about 20-some miles in, there was Garmin Hill, and, you, you know, here you are. You're, you're feeling like, oh, my gosh, you know, i got a hill this late in the race. In life, it's the same thing. Sometimes we're running and it's just flat and smooth and easy, but then all of a sudden, the giant hill. Sometimes that hill's a mountain, and sometimes that mountain is rocky and it is steep and it is so hard to climb. It is such a challenge. Maybe you're in a challenge now. Maybe you're just climbing this hill thinking, it's never going to get to the top. I had a coach that, that told me, he says, when you're running up a hill, never look at, at the full hill. Never look up at the top of the hill and think, i got to make it all the way up there. He said, just look out about 10 feet. Just keep your eyes trained about 10 feet. And just say to yourself, I just got to go that 10 feet. And then once you go that 10 feet, I just got to go another 10 feet. And then look out another 10 feet. I just got to go another 10 feet. I want to tell you today, if you're going up a hill, a mountain, in your spiritual journey today, if you're facing a challenge that when you look up, it looks insurmountable, I want to tell you, you don't have to take the whole thing at once. Just look ahead another 10 feet. Maybe it's just looking ahead a day. Maybe it's just saying, I got to get through the today. I got to get through the next day, the next week. I just got to get through the next hour sometimes. And then once you do that, say, well, I, I made it through today. I, all I got to do is get it through tomorrow. And then I just got to get through tomorrow. And before you know it, You'll be standing on top of that mountain. You'll be looking down at the path that you just came up. That path that you thought was so insurmountable. That path that you thought you would never be able to climb. You'll be looking down on it and you'll say, we did it. We made it. But we did it one step at a time. I encourage you, if there's a challenge in your life that seems so big, you can make it through. But you just got to take it one step at a time. You just got to have the discipline to know that the hard times will pass and that you'll make it to the top of that mountain. Paul tells us this in 2 Timothy 4.7. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You can hear in Paul's words, you can hear him uh, telling his young protege, Timothy. You can hear him saying, Timothy, I, I'm at the end of the journey now, but I made it. 
I'm crossing the finish line after all these miles. And you know what? I fought a good fight. Man, I kept the faith. Even in the tough times, I kept fighting. Boy, Timothy, even remember when, we were, when, when I was shipwrecked on that island. That was a tough time, but we made it. Remember the storms we went through. Remember when I was bit by that snake. Remember when all those people tried to kill me. Remember when they kept throwing us in jail. Remember all those bad times, but you know what, Timothy? We made it through because we kept the course. We kept the faith. And today we're standing on top of the mountain. At the end of your journey in this life, the greatest words that you can hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've ran that race and you made it to the top of the mountain. You know, when we run the race, we must have dedication and purpose. In verse 26 in 1 Corinthians, it says, So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. Every step of our Christian journey should have purpose. What's our purpose? Our purpose is God's kingdom. Our purpose is to tell others about Jesus Christ. Our purpose, as Matthew uh, chapter 6 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's really what it boils down to. What is that spiritual race we're running? That's the race we're running. We're running the race for the kingdom. Now, there's going to be times in our life when there's going to be people come into our life who's going to try to get us off course. Who's going to try to get us off stride. Galatians 5, 7 says, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear this judgment, whoever he be. You were doing so well during the race, but somebody kind of knocked you off course, didn't they? Somebody got you off your path. I can remember a, a young man that was younger than me, but I grew up with his family. And he was such a good, a good young man. He was on the path that God wanted him. And then all of a sudden in his life, there came some friends into his life. So I use quotation marks when I say friends. And they came into his life and they knocked him off his path. They, they hindered him just like that verse says you were doing. You went so well. And then all of a sudden somebody came along and they just moved you right off your path. And he got into uh, a lot of trouble and he actually went to jail for several years for the things that he had done. He got so far off his path, but you know the beautiful part today is? He's back on his path. Today he's pastoring a church. And I think of that story and I think, you know, praise God for the fact that in our lives we're going to face a lot of challenges. And sometimes those biggest challenges are other people. People that want to influence us. People that want to take us down the wrong road. But we have to understand that that path that God has for us, that he has laid out, He'll always bring us back to it if we're willing. He'll always take us and he'll always have love and forgiveness for us no matter how far we get off the path. Just like that farmer that went out and would spend days to find those sheep. Jesus Christ is always looking. He's always looking for us 
And he always cares and loves about us. In closing, we, we run our race, but, you know, it takes help from others, doesn't it? It takes help in the bad times. Hebrews uh, chapter 12 says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, sets, which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We're not running today alone. We're not running alone there are believers in this world and there are a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us, who have ran the race as well. And those cloud of witnesses, maybe some of them were, were people who were inspirations to you or a father, a coach, someone that uh, is in heaven today. And all the examples that they left for us of how to run, boy, they had challenges too, didn't they? They had tough times too. But they kept faithful to God. And today they, they are experiencing what it means to have run the race and to run it well. Today we're being cheered on. We're being cheered on. We have that example today of all the ones that have went before us. And we have other believers today to give us strength. Whatever path of life that God's taking you down, always understand you're never alone. You're never alone. Other believers are with us. We're guided by God's Holy Spirit. And, and at times when it gets tough, you can look beside you and know that Jesus Christ is running with you. And at times, he's helping you run. At times, he's, he's helping you up. Other times, he's carrying you. But just understand there's always hope and that there's always help and no matter what that path leads you down know that you're not alone when you're in those tough times just keep going keep going that next 10 feet keep going that next step and before you know it you'll be standing on the mountaintop let's pray Dear only Father, God, we're so thankful, Lord, that, Lord, we don't have to run alone. That, God, as believers in you, that you're with us every step of the way. Lord, even when we get off course, even when we fail, even when we fall flat in our face, God, you're there to help us. Lord, if there's someone here today that, Lord, is running alone... Lord, they've never accepted you as, as their Savior. They've never asked you to be their Lord and Savior. And, and they're just running down the path of life all alone, not knowing what direction to go to, not knowing how to tackle the mountains and the challenges in their life, not knowing what direction they need to go. Lord, if, if that person's out here today, God, Lord, may today be the day of their salvation. Lord, may they understand that they don't have to run this journey by themselves. That they have a friend that will run beside them every step of the way. Lord, as we enter this invitation time, Lord, may your spirit move now. 
your name. Amen. Let us stand today. And if you're that person that is running alone today, there's hope. There's help. We're going to give what we call an invitation. It's just a simple thing. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, the Bible tells us that all you need to do is to believe in your heart. He's Lord. To confess with your mouth. You can come forward and I can show you just a simple way and point you to Jesus today. We won't embarrass you. Simply pull you to side and we'll point you to the Savior. If that's you today, we invite you just to step out, to walk this aisle, and to come as we sing. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.